What's up, guys? I'm George Lahav. Welcome to the Make My Day podcast. I'm joined by my fellow co-host, Luke Pretty and Winston Moy. Luke, how you been, buddy? Doing pretty good. Um, I got a relatively big project that I'm working on, and I'm trying to cool down now from the New Jersey humidity and all the sweat that I was just dripping from, <laughs> but AC feels nice right now. I'm feeling pretty good. But uh, what about you, Winston? Uh, I can't complain. It is a nice sunny day, and uh, I... As soon as we finish recording, I'm going to run into the garage and try and fix one of my projects, which has been acting up. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited for a productive weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I That's feel awesome. you on that one. That's what I'm, I'm ready to get stuff done. It's the end of the school year or last week, of the school um, year. And I just I have projects now stacking up and can't wait for the summer this weekend in particular to kick things off right, though. I mean, this must be the first time ever that we all finally have nice weather across the coasts. I feel like every time Winston's been like, oh, it's like so nice. It's like been raining in New Jersey or like cold. I've just been flexing on you with the SoCal weather. Yeah. <laughs> for once, it's like nice. I had the top down on the Jeep Wrangler, went for a nice ride. It's It's been great. So finally, uh, finally yeah. we can all enjoy our nice weather outside. <laughs> yeah. It works out nicely for me too with opening the garage. I know we've talked about our shop spaces before, but... When I get to open up the garage, it's like I've tripled the space in there, right? Yeah. I mean, I have my whole driveway now that I can lay out in, so. Um, hey, I got the full garage now, and I still open that door, man, because I just, oh, yeah. I love, well, one, I love, like, I you see the neighbors walk by, and that's always nice, but I just, the fresh air, the breeze, the sun, mm-hmm. it's great for camera angles also on top of everything like that, but mm-hmm. it's, uh, I, I always open it wide open. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely. It, for me, it, it changes my mood when, like, you just have, like, actual sunlight in the shop mm-hmm. um and that that natural breeze is often really nice um, i just have to be careful because there are some uh, some stray cats that roam the neighborhood oh my God. and there have <laughs> oh. been like two times now i've just been like sitting in front of my cnc and i see a head like peek out from behind the machine and i'm like oh my goodness get out of here uh, usually they're pretty skittish though so they'll uh, they'll vacate the premises immediately that's why you need a shop phone. dog man the dual purpose right there they help <laughs> keep your stray cats away I should a shop dog. yeah oh, luke you just got a new i was new just pup, about right? to say yeah um, and today was his first day, like kind of sniffing around the garage, um, nice. getting the smell of sawdust all in his nose and hopefully not too much in his little lungs. But yeah, he was um, very interested. Um, he was, you know, watching me very intently from about like 10 feet away. Didn't seem too phased by the machine. So I think I might have a shop dog in the works. Nice, man. Nice. <laughs> yeah. how, how, how many months is he old? How old He's... Um, nine weeks and a couple days oh, so wow. it's at he's two like just about two yeah yeah, he's, really um, yeah. Like, he's really smart though like i'm super impressed by how quick he's picked things up and nice. the biting's the hardest thing to deal with um you probably can't see it but my while. arms yeah they don't <laughs> they don't look like i've been um you know nice to myself let's just put it that way <laughs> yeah we finally got ruby ruby i'm getting we, she's what she's like seven months now i think maybe mm-hmm. almost eight and like I'm like slowly getting her more and more into the shop every day. The other day I got, I posted on Instagram because I was like so happy. Yeah. Like I, I had her tied up to um, like a garage post and she just sat on the driveway and chilled while I was working for like two hours straight. Oh, like nice. didn't move. She was cool. She was really happy. I'm like, this is, that's what I want. Like you're just chilling with me while I'm working. Awesome. This is, this is perfect. Good flow we got. The other day she, she, every other day she's still grabbing a wine cork she finds on the floor and running away with it. I mean, she, she steals <laughs> those every day. So I'm still getting her used to just like chilling in the shop, but yeah, but yeah Winston, I mean, this it's, you got to get in there, man. I mean, it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna forewarn you winston it is a lot of work i was not i've never had a puppy before i've had dogs all my life but my mm. parents rescue like uh, say three-ish years and older so i've always mm-hmm. been out of the oh, house gotcha. um, training phase um the biting phase and all that um so to me this has been very eye-opening for you know even having kids and whatnot but it it is a lot like waking up in the I, middle I of the night uh, all that stuff it's fun though it really is fun yeah now uh my old roommate back when i was in tom's river um he got a dog i think just a couple months old and uh i i saw the whole process of of learning to to teach them and acclimating them to just even being around the house around the furniture um it's it's a lot of work so as much as i might envy you on instagram i know there's (laughs) there's a lot of uh struggle behind those uh pictures yeah 
and you talking about the furniture, he is getting more and more interested with the furniture, in particular the window bench that I made and um, oh. the cabinets. So I'm like, you know what, Maui, I swear to God, you, you bite one of those things and we're going to have a, a real stern <laughs> Especially if it's something you made with your own hands, yeah. that'd drive me nuts. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, go, go bite the Ikea kitchen table. Like, nobody cares about that. Buy. Yeah, you can, yeah. You can fix it up. For but, me, uh, yeah. Ruby destroys flip-flops. We've had, I think, 30, no, not 30, but we uh, legitimately like 12 of our flip-flop pairs. And we just oh, buy wow. them from Old Navy, like $2 a pair at this point. Mm -hmm. And instantly, well, she just... Three, three new ones already destroyed within like two days like oh my gosh i, I, don't, I don't know what is with flip-flops but they're like her favorite thing to destroy so <laughs> we're trying to get her past that now <laughs> yeah oh man but, so you had a big product loop what's going on over there yeah so um i went to high school with this person and um they're getting into their or they're starting their own i think it's called a post-production a company and they were explaining it to me it's to do with uh, video editing essentially like maybe putting documentaries and whatnot together and um, so they got their first office space in New York, and they've been looking for adjustable um, desks, right? Or just, oh, what are nice. they? Standing desks. Yeah. Standing desks. And um, they said they already have the legs or the bases. They just want, like, a nicer desktop. And I was like, oh, I could do that. That wouldn't be too bad. And um, they were talking to me about it, giving me dimensions, and they were pretty flexible with the sizes. So I'm just really using two-by-fours, um, going to biscuit them together um, I'll sand them down or plane them down and then sand them nicely so it's a flat surface. But I have to make eight relatively large desks, like on the orders of two feet by three feet. Um, there's a couple of those up to um, three feet wide by about uh, seven and a half feet long. So it's um, it's eight desks in total. But yeah, they're they're relatively big, bulky things. Um, and so yeah, it, it was a nice big project that's not for us that I feel like, okay, I'm finally, you know, working or woodworking again. So yeah. Nice. So, um, for warning, I mean, I, I made one of these sit stand desks for a buddy of mine. So I would have, um, maybe already did this, but check the product, the actual motors and everything they're doing. Cause a lot of those sit stand desks are made not for real wood tabletops. Um, hmm. and, and so yours are going to be a lot heavier than some of them can handle. And there's like a, there's a pounds limit that each of those can handle. So you got to take into account, um, you know, the weight of the wood and then whatever amount of monitors they're going to have on there. Cause they might end up stalling a lot because of that, unless they, maybe they bought higher end ones, but a lot of, there's a lot of cheaper versions out there that can't handle some of the, the denser wooden tabletops I found out interesting or, or there's like a risk of it type of thing but but that, okay. that's awesome I mean I, I yeah. made a I made a sit stand desk for my buddy as a thank you because he was um our photographer for our wedding and it took me forever because I, I did it um I made it an epoxy table um and that was my first epoxy product it was my first like live edge product it was the first time I was I was also going from that half garage to the full garage during that transition phase so Ooh. so it took me like way longer and and a lot of mistakes and and it, it like drove me nuts but that that sounds awesome I'd love to see like how that comes out so you're using two by fours or are you gonna um, are you planning like the edges and everything? Uh, yeah, they wanted them um, to be, they were using the term beveled. I use chamfer because of uh, Creo <laughs> back <laughs> <Yeah>. now there. <laughs> um, but yeah, they wanted that as their edge. They thought that was like so cool that I would be able to add that. So I was like, yes, no problem. <laughs> I love I can, it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I could definitely do that. And uh, yeah, so it's it really is very straightforward. It's rectangular desk. Um, like I said, they were pretty flexible with the dimensions. Sick. And um and yeah, I mean they don't really have many stipulations besides the color is what they were uh, most focused about. The be that dark walnut stain, which I nice. mean again is pretty straightforward. You just got to get the right stain. Or I'm gonna use the Danish oil, or Watco nice, yeah. Danish oil, and um, probably It'll put like a a coat of the polyurethane. I think they wanted it to be matte or satin. Um, so I'll do a couple of those since it's pine. I don't want them to be able to dig into the desktops too much so yeah you don't want them to like flex over time and like start popping yeah. and stuff but that sounds that's yeah. sick and i'm also using the what are they the premium or select or whatever two by oh fours. you were telling me about that oh no no no, no not not like the highest highest stuff i'm talking like um oh geez i forget what they call it it's not select that's the wrong term oh geez i'm it's gonna bug me now but home depot has you know regular two by fours they use for studs 
you know, more or less. And then they have the other ones that are like the whiter colored ones that have been um, they're they're a little straighter, less prime knots. Something or something yeah, like that. I think yeah. it's I think it's prime is the word. I think so. It's like a dollar more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a dollar more. So I went a little more high end, so it'd be a little less work for myself, um, and so that I wasn't too concerned or not as concerned, I guess, about warping the knots falling out and all that jazz. So, dude, that's yeah. awesome. I mean, I, I'm I'm jealous. Like to have your own furniture built in like somebody's office like that's like a staple that's huge that's i know i know that's what i was so excited about i was like oh sweet like i want to be able to get into that type of space not that i would want to be doing too many two by four desks but it's um one of those projects where if i could record enough footage it's a pretty straightforward build that people might say like oh i could do that or i want a standing desk um here i can make the desktop i just got to buy the adjustable legs um, but yeah, like to be in an office space and especially like in a creative environment, um, with, you know, people who are doing video editing, I feel like they might appreciate it a little bit more. So, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. So, so does that mean you said you're going to be doing a lot of video editing? Are, are you going to YouTube or is this like an Instagram video or what? <laughs> so remember with the bathrooms, I was making yeah. these outdoor chairs. I finally have my space back. So, um, but now with this project and somebody paying me and having a deadline or whatever, I've continued to push those outdoor chairs um, to the back mm-hmm. and I'm going to finish their desktop. Then I have my family vacation um, starting next weekend um, in LBI. So oh, nice. again, like that whole video will be made sooner or later for the outdoor chairs. Um, for this one, because I'm so tight on a deadline, I might have enough footage to make one, but it's going to be later. Like it it won't be a video that comes out um, by the end of June by any means. It would probably be mid July earliest, if not later than that. Dude, I've, I've watched videos legitimately (laughs) a year or more after making projects that that's not a good thing. That's not like by any means, like what anybody should do, but (laughs) I've gotten so caught up to the point where I've forgotten that I haven't done a video for a product and had all the footage ready to go and like went and like went back and like remade it all. Mm -hmm. I I did that for the media center. Uh, Actually, I didn't even know if I released the media center one yet to be honest. Maybe even longer than a year at this point. (laughs) What about you, Winston? How long um, for like video editing and stuff? Are you pretty quick to try to get it out the door? Have you held on to footage? It depends. Mm -hmm. Um, For certain things, um, I I can knock them out the same month. Mm -hmm. Certain things, like I have footage like in my back burner folder on my external hard drive that's been there since like early 2019 2018 even there we go projects at that point like they just might not see the light of day and that's because when i made these projects i just didn't think there was enough meat in that project to actually make a good video okay Uh, so it it really varies depends on on how much you have invested in it how much of a story you think you can tell with it and how much new information is in there because some of these projects they're like rehashes of old projects and i make them i'm like it's it's just going to be too similar to the video i made before so i'll just i'll hold on to this if i ever need to refer to it i can or use it as as b-roll in a montage Mm -hmm. Um, but for the most part i don't really stress over it the only time i do stress over it is when i have a sponsor um, and the whole like the the squarespace thing right now these past two months have been uh, holding my feet to a fire because they want a video every two weeks um and usually for me it's like a video once a month at best because of how busy i've been at work um so that's been uh, a little bit stressful and i like that's when i go to the garage right after this that's to finish a project get the the last few shots i need to put out this video so that they can approve it on monday or tuesday and it can go out next week mm-hmm. um so, and it's it's a problem because the project that i'm working on uh like for some reason it started misbehaving it was the electronics uh little circuit board that i made to control leds on my shape oko and uh two nights ago it just it started acting up like the the logic started failing and it's i'm not sure if um i'm not getting enough power through to the board um because the logic just it completely crapped out or if maybe something's wrong i'm getting a like a, a bad solder joint somewhere um, either way, I might have to fake the last few shots mm-hmm. um, just because I can't really troubleshoot and, and pull the circuit board apart and, and check every single joint that I did. Mm. Um, but How much power you got running through those LEDs uh, through the board? 
so I calculated it out. It shouldn't be more than like 200 milliamps. Oh, okay. And I know that the I'm drawing power off the Shapeoko controller, which I think might be causing some issues. But I know the board is able to output at least one amp. And okay. it's really just running a microcontroller. And all of the operation of the stepper motors is through a 24-volt um, uh, circuit, which is more or less independent. So I shouldn't be um, causing any, any instability issues with the power draw. But for some reason it is, and I, I can't be bothered to deal with it right now. <laughs> we can talk about this offline because I know your electrical My electrical mind's going crazy, is... man. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I might but, have uh, some tips for you that we can could, we could go over there. Yeah. Um, before we get too far away from it, uh, though, Luke, I wanted to ask you about those desks. Like, have you thought about your legacy as like, uh, like a woodworker or like designing product? Like, are you gonna uh, throw your logo on this? That's Do you exactly. Have a iron? I was gonna ask oh, the man. same thing. <laughs> um, you know what? I asked them if there was something I could do to customize it because I felt like it was almost too simple. I wanted to put maybe a little bit of my own flair on it. See if there was anything. Again, like that could make it a little bit more special to them instead of it literally just being a dark brown tabletop. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't have a logo yet. So like that's how new they are. I thought it was interesting that they're already jumping into office space without having, say, any sort of branding and um, that type of infrastructure. Um, but... I know for me, I was like, man, this would be a good time to have a branding iron yeah, to where I could exactly. put it on there. And then they would be able to say like, hey, I, we really like these desks, assuming they don't stall out like George has now terrified me about. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> um, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. And I will actually ask them about it because I'd rather be up front and um, yeah. I could always hog out a lot of the weight like underneath with the router um, and like maybe add a couple things. I was trying to think about that, but that's a later problem depending on how good or bad those legs are that they have. Mm -hmm. um, but that's a good point, Winston. I really haven't thought too much more of it since they didn't really want anything added to it. Um, I might ask them, though, if I could um, do something like that. The only issue is with my timeline, I don't know how I would add that because my Glowforge, um, and I'm sure, George, you're starting to learn more about this, like the limitation on getting something of that size in there and engraved with my name is really going to be the fastest way I could do it. So like I was thinking I could do a little like circle, um, like route out a circle and then engrave with the Glowforge a disc that sits in there. I've mm -hmm. seen people do stuff like that with yeah. their logos before, which could be kind of cool. Um, but I don't know with the tight deadline and then my family vacation or whatever coming up, I just don't know if I'd be able to do it. So this might be a, um, I don't know, missed opportunity on my well, part. And, and we'll Winston, see. maybe you can, you, so I've, I've always thought about that kind of stuff as well. Is there a way you could, I wouldn't jump to spray painting. Is there a way though that you can like cut out your logo in a material that's thick enough that if you like torched it, it would torch the logo portion in, in the center and whatever the material is like plexi, I don't think plexiglass, maybe it would, I don't know. It, it would refrain the heat so that you only get the logo burned on it. Winston, I know I mentioned that this is like a year and a half yeah. ago we were talking about this so sort of stuff. It's a good thought. There is some difficulty with that though, um, being that, uh, so if you put a stencil on top of your material, that stencil is going to have a certain thickness. Mm -hmm. So the top of your piece and the corner, the walls of that stencil uh, form just a little acute angle and or not acute perfectly 90 degrees but when a flame enters that corner mm -hmm. gonna... it doesn't reach the deepest part of that corner so you're gonna have really soft edges um, if you try and like wood burn a pocketed um, piece sometimes around the outer border the perimeter of that burn it'll be a little lighter like deep inside that pocket and when you sand it away it'll look like the the dark and the burn portions are sort of centered towards the middle of that logo mm -hmm. Um, so that is a tricky thing. Mm. Um, it would work, um, but if you have a lot of fine detail in your logo, it really wouldn't show up all that well. Mm -hmm. The other thing you can do is you can um, do a chemical wood burning. Uh, so That's think, a good uh, idea. Yeah. A couple people have shown off how to do this. There's like a, a pretty benign chemical that you can mix with water, spray onto wood, and if you mask the uh, area that you spray onto... Uh, what this chemical does is it lowers the temperature at which the the wood chemically burns so then you just take a heat gun or a hair dryer 
and you blow it over the yeah, areas yeah. that have been wet by the chemical and it takes on a darkened appearance interesting it's a good idea so is that um i think it was called the scorch pen or something like that i think i've seen that come up on um my instagram ads you know like as you scroll through the potentially feed. yeah i think it was called a, scorch it's like a sharpie marker with that chemical yeah just hit it with heat yeah yep. okay um, yeah, maybe I'll look into that. It yeah. seems like that'd be pretty cool. Either that or you can you make could... a stamp. I mean, there, there's a bunch. I mean, now my mind's like going because I forgot you have, you have the Glowforge too. So I'm like thinking like all these like different, like you can just make a stamp, stamp it in ink and then like stamp it right on there, like a square True. version. And then... and then if it's under polyurethane, right, it's going to, it'll be there for a, a while. Yeah. Hmm. I mean... Great. Now you guys are giving me some good ideas. <laughs> Making your work a little harder. For, yeah. <laughs> for no, I like that idea because I would like to be able to put something on there just so I don't know if anybody comes into their office and they're like, oh, these are nice desks. Where'd you get them? And it's it's like, ah, check out the logo or it's from this guy. And I don't know. It just it makes me feel like I've put something on there that makes it mine. Yeah. So yeah, so it's cool. a little bit of pride, a little bit of ownership. You know, yeah. all, all my dart, uh, the dartboards I shipped out. My sister got me um, one of the branding irons from Stamp Yours, thanks to Winston's recommendation to her to get it for me for Christmas. <laughs> and I used, you know, I always loved getting my products in, into people's houses, but now like having that on there, it's like such a cool thing. Like you, you never think about it, but like you look at a product you have around and you like, see somebody's logo and you're like, oh, that's cool. I think whatever this logo is, this is real or whatever this is on here. But it's like, mm-hmm. it's now that's your logo on somebody's and it's, it's, it's just there. It's a, it's a new, it, it also helps people know that it's, it is a piece of custom work because it's stamped yeah. to somebody. So it, it's, it's definitely worthwhile looking into. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to look into that. Um, Winston, do you have a video or something or I could just Google it, I guess about this chemical mixture uh, i don't but i can link you to a couple i know of okay. um, laura Kampf having a, a pretty good one and i know there are others um she's just the last one i saw who used it and she showed a couple different ways like with the stencil with a spray bottle or you can load up a marker or something or like paint it on um, and it's, it's fairly precise you just have to make sure you apply it really lightly so it doesn't like seep and bleed okay. um, outside your stencil okay that makes sense yeah that's awesome cool all right let us know yeah, how that looks at the think... end of that. That, that. that sounds sick. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely have to think about that because the one concern I'm thinking of is with the stain. I'm assuming I'd have to burn it beforehand, right? And then, I, again, I'll, I'll try to think about it. Um, but, I, yeah, I like the idea. Even when you guys were saying stencil, I could spray paint something you could just spray, there. You know, that's the simplest of it all, and, and then yeah. it's on there. You know, if, if you, I don't know when you're trying to get these out there, but that's, like, the the simplest and quickest and it'll yeah. work and then you could polyurethane on top of it it'll be there yeah. you know yeah the another thing you could do is you could uh engrave or inlay a little pocket and then maybe have george cut out a little aluminum plate you could spray paint that mm-hmm. and then you could use the glowforge to like uh raster out the the text on it so you have a nice bright uh, yeah. um just metal plate that you can just bolt on at the end when you're done that's nice yeah that would be really nice right? <laughs> that's nice <laughs> that's like official furniture that's like uh, yeah pin that in there and maybe, i like that too <laughs> oh man <laughs> that's like the highest of the end quality there i like that <laughs> yeah oh man all right well now i have a lot of ideas of things like i, I will have to do something but what it is i'm not positive of just yet or maybe even for my dining room table, which is standing. I haven't posted anything about it. Standing, it's just not stained. I think I might add that uh, metal stamp looking, be that cool. type of touch to it. Um, yeah, a little placard. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that idea a lot. So maybe I'll do that for myself and possibly future projects that are higher end. But for this one, it look it's looking like maybe this spray paint with a stencil, possibly a stamp. I'd have to get that material though. Um, to put in the Glowforge. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But, no, this is good. I'm glad that this came up then. Because, um, yeah, I, I wasn't thinking about it, really. It was... Uh... <laughs> you should, though. Like, yeah. it's it's something you should be proud of at the end of the day. Yeah. And, um, the, the more of your pieces are out there, it should sort of uh, legitimize, like, what you're doing and, and make you feel like you've accomplished something. Yeah, definitely. I agree completely. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. So, Winston, you have... Yeah spaceship stuff going on what's what's going on in in the world of space and you (laughs) so uh for those of you who live under a rock uh, recently (laughs) uh, spacex put humans in space 
um, which is the first time that a rocket from uh, the continental U.S. has put astronauts into space since the space shuttle flew uh, last in 2011. Um, so I figured I'd, I'd machine a couple little models of the, the Crew Dragon, which I found on Thingiverse, um, and then I made one, and I was like, you know, I've already got the file, let me try to improve my tool pads a little bit and make a second one, and then that second one turned into a third one, and eventually I made like a dozen of these. <laughs> um, but it's after about five or six, I got the process down, so it's literally just load material and hit start. Nice. Uh, come back in an hour, change the end mill that you're using, hit start again. Um, so at that point, it was sort of just... Um, uh, what is that Mythbuster saying? Um, it's not uh, science if it's not repeatable or something. Mm -hmm. um, something along those lines. So I was just trying to prove out to myself that I had sort of mastered this project. Um, and so I, I made a couple more and I was like, maybe I could sell these. Um, I gave away a couple to friends um, and I sold some through word of mouth. Uh, so someone from SpaceX, um, oh, I sold them to <laughs> nice. um, one of my friends who's a former SpaceXer who now, now works at a Virgin Orbit. Uh, I traded him one for a piece of a rocket. Um, nice. So, <laughs> so casually, awesome. oh, I just yeah. got, a, I got a piece of rocket, yeah. no big deal. <laughs> uh, wow. It, it wow. actually wasn't yeah. the, the rocket he was supposed to trade me. He left that at home. Um, but... So he'll give me a different piece of a different rocket at a later date. Wow. So you're holding uh, that one piece of rocket as collateral right now? No, I'm going to keep that too. <laughs> oh, okay. um, but, and, and these are all like flown hardware. Um, so this, the piece that I have now, I think it's recovered from a, uh, a crashed rocket. And the other one is going to be a SpaceX Falcon 9 oh. from a landed booster. Wow. So it should be pretty cool. They all have cool stories to tell. Um, the space industry is interesting whereas like everyone it's sort of like in the navy like with contractors like you know you've seen them before sometimes they come to work for the government sometimes government workers leave to go for a different company oh, yeah. but you all sort of like keep in touch and you bump into each other all the time the uh, aerospace industry is kind of like that like so like the guy who went from spacex to virgin orbit he's like oh like i recognize like that person that person here like they all move around uh it's a really small small world um but um, other than those pieces that I sort of just gave out through word of mouth or um, through to people I know, I was sort of struggling with, like, this is a tumultuous period in our country. Mm -hmm. And it felt weird to, to try and launch a product um, at this time. Mm -hmm. I guess. And so it's, I know, I don't really want to go into that whole long discussion on a podcast um, but I think it's worth acknowledging that, like, um, sometimes you do have to, to look back and maybe, um, maybe now isn't the time for shameless self-promotion. Maybe it's time to just maybe be a little quieter, mm -hmm. um, and, and to reflect a little more. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know. I know, uh, Luke, you've been, uh, trying to help out as best you can to, to amplify some voices, yeah. but and um, i know how, how's everyone coping um to be honest for me this has been a huge wake-up call and i've tried to be as um open honest and like blunt about how i know i have white privilege um and how i can do my part to really um explain like what black lives matter um that movement what that means and how people can be okay with saying, well, I previously made a mistake because I was one of those people who was like, no, all lives matter, right? Like I want everybody to be equal and whatnot, but I didn't understand that until I was really like diving into more of the information and everything out there. And like you said, Winston, I don't want to go too much into it, but my friends and I, um, we are starting a company, I guess you could say like a nonprofit um, and that's what I'll probably be focusing on a lot more during the summer. I'm still going to have a couple projects because um, with what I make in the Capri Creation stuff, we'll probably help um, Adrian and I like fund our portion of it. But we want to start making t-shirts that will be um, of signs that we've seen at protests, whether they're the ones that we go to or um, others that you know you see all throughout Instagram and um, social media outlets. And the shirts then will be kind of like a physical um, 
demonstration that like you're wearing the sign but you're continuing the protest in a peaceful way you might start discussions educate people um so it's kind of like a creative outlet that can hopefully help continue to spread the word as momentum dies down um because to me it's you know it touches my life a little bit more than i guess i thought with my father-in-law being black my wife being you know half white and half black and then having a um, diverse group of friends, uh, you know, talking to my one friend, Kevin, he um, he's like always been open and honest with me. But it's more like he's told me, like, I've never felt more scared right now and um, and more angry and more like really wanting to be more active, like socially active. Um, um, so, yeah, I guess it's just like for a lot of people, we're all waking up. And um, and yeah, I guess that's kind of where I am right now that like Pretty Creations is a little bit on hold, but I'm still using um, my maker, um, I don't know, my maker self to try to do what I feel like I could do um, to make some change, you know, whether it's just locally, it doesn't have to be the biggest thing in the world. But um, I'm starting to see that local change might be the best way to kind of attack this problem. Um, Sorry if I derailed us a little bit. No, but... <laughs> that's, that's all right. I think that's yeah. awesome. Um, I mean, I'm actually, I'm really glad you're doing this because mm-hmm. personally, I felt like um, I don't know how to use my platform in mm-hmm. a way to, to help. And I know we all see a lot of like the, like the Blackout Tuesday thing on Instagram, mm-hmm. like everyone was posting black squares, but only a small portion of those actually shared anything actionable. Mm-hmm. Like I saw people like, posting it without any caption with no context um and i was like if i'm gonna post this like i can't just like that that be it so um i made like a donation to a couple different uh charitable organizations and i was like all right that's something i can feel okay about but um it's still it feels like a token gesture more than anything else uh so um, i'm glad you're at least channeling your um, your feelings into actual action. So I commend you for that. Yeah, yeah I, I appreciate I'm with you, it. Winston. I agree. Luke, you're doing awesome. It's been awesome just following you and, and seeing it all, all, all that you guys have been doing, you and your friends. And yeah, um, I know I reached out to you, George, too, about the cricket. And we were yeah. going to ask you to end up, you know, um, making a sample shirt, but we found this material from, I think it's Staples, and you can print it out on um, an inkjet printer. Yeah. And then just iron it onto your shirt. So we were able to make our first shirt that way. Nice, and after nice. doing that, we all were kind of, you know, we we're so hyped, so excited. And we're like, <laughs> this is awesome. Like, we're actually, you know, taking steps. We're, we're making something. And for me, you know, say with Capriti Creations, the story is, you know, me and my sister, um, with the help of Adrian, you know, here and there, like, we're making things and selling them to people. So that was the extent of me working in a group and trying to start something, say, from the ground up. But doing it with your friends and feeling like you're doing something that is actually making the world a better place instead of, say, Capriti Creations, like, hey, here's a beer caddy, you know, go drink a six pack and read this funny saying on there. It's like, oh, wow, this shirt could hopefully like help change someone's perspective um maybe just open their eyes to somebody else's life Um, because yeah it is black lives matter right now but the idea of this um nonprofit that we're starting it's going to be called sign of the time um is you know there's all other communities that are being um hurt or um they're like uh i guess there's like so much prejudice that again as a white male you don't really know it exists like you've heard of it in your history books but i i again i'm learning so much about it that's like oh this is this is bad like we've got to do something about it but sign of the time will be able to um pivot as it needs to as hopefully you know we start really seeing changes um within changing like systemic racism and um you know some of the institutions that are out there that might need to be um, modified. I'm not trying to say I have solutions, but I know there needs to be changes. So once everyone's life does matter, and we can all state that um, from a race standpoint, there are different communities, say like LGBTQ, um, and like we don't have to list all of them, but we'll then be able to pivot to that and make signs or shirts with signs for that to continue the protests and try to um, um, promote what is happening in that social justice movement 
Um, so I am really excited about this. This is something where I feel like I'm actually doing good. Awesome. Um, so I appreciate you guys, um, you know, saying those things and, um, you know, hopefully you'll be seeing some cool signs. There's some cool shirts coming out um, fairly soon. Man, you're going to be a busy guy. You got two companies. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm family, not house, ready for dog, it organizationally. <laughs> um, but what is it? Like you always, um, if you dive into the deep end, right, you're going to learn how to swim. Um, or, or you hope you do. You so hope you I, know how to swim or drown. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I do feel like I have a good support network, whether it be, um, you know, my friends that we're doing this with or my parents. Like they were even saying like they thought that within their lifetime that they had seen change. But where they were growing up, maybe they were um, isolated from the way the real world was. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's a really weird time to be living in with the pandemic and then um the like the three main stories i guess you know brianna taylor ahmaud Avery, and um george floyd like all that kind of hitting it was like a, a hurricane and an earthquake and an eruption like all happening at the same time that you know i think everybody now is kind of saying like we, we got to make change we're all aware mm -hmm. of it or a majority of us are aware of this like let's see what we can do about it um so yeah I'm excited so, for this venture. So yeah. I I got a good pivot that goes right along with, with this new mm -hmm. company of yours because uh, I'm pretty interested, actually. How are you guys, and, and Winston, uh, equally as much of a question with you with all of your products, How and not to take away from the subject at all because yeah, uh, yeah. it's completely full support. Mm -hmm. How do you go about your like product photography and marketing all of those so so you guys are gonna have a bunch of different shirt designs right mm -hmm. all from now do you go through and make each of those different shirts and then you're gonna uh, i guess put them on instagram and have a website and all that kind of stuff or um i, I guess so so you guys know i just got the glowforge <laughs> been loving this thing since i bought it i mean i bought it I got it received two weeks ago, got the new one a week ago because our, my FedEx guy dropped the first one. And, oh, I didn't tell you. Let me. So, uh, so <laughs> oh I got the, gosh. thank God I have written. So for everybody that like knocks on ring cameras and doorbells, definitely go get one. So, so I wasn't home when mine got delivered. You're supposed to get it and have a signature for it. For some reason, my FedEx shipment for the Glowforge got separated. I got the Glowforge one day, and the day afterwards, I got the sample pack with all the wood. Mm -hmm. The Glowforge, they just dropped off of my house. The sample packet of wood, I had to sign for. So I wasn't like, I wasn't there for when they actually gave me the important thousands of dollar piece of machinery. Um, and on my ring camera, uh, the guy did great. He picked it up from the truck, walked it all the way to my house, and he looked like he could carry it. And for some reason, just decides to flat out drop it onto the floor instead of placing it nicely. Like, oh he's just like, oh, I got it all the way there. Here we go. Done. And then, so it was a, it was a pretty substantial drop. And I brought it up to my room. Like, oh, you know, it looks like it's fine. So I pop it up and I'm finally turning it on. And when I'm going in the back to turn on the, the switch, I see this giant crack in the case with oh. a huge hole in it. And I'm like, oh, you got to yeah. be kidding me. So... <sighs> So I still cut with it because it looked like the tube was fine and I probably shouldn't have, but I still did. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, I worked with Glowforge. They sent me the new one. That's replaced. And then I found out that not only was that crack case, there was LEDs that were that were inside it that were also not working. I just didn't notice they were there. They were just, you know, off in the first version and the second mm -hmm. version, it was all fixed. As well as the uh, the lid for the Glowforge um wasn't closing correctly like it was okay. it, it must have shifted and it yeah. was like rubbing against the case every time and you like hear it like scratch i'm like oh i guess it's just like a really tight closure <laughs> but it <laughs> so so now i got the good one, new one and i've been every day if i don't click that like what they call the magic button the, mm -hmm. like click and go like, i'm going like crazy in my head like i gotta i gotta make something every day so i've been making cutting boards i've been making ornaments and and I've kind of been like you're saying, Winston, with everything going on, like I haven't been posting as much as I'd love to at this moment of like all the fun stuff I'm making because that'll, that'll come down the line. Um, but I I have a lot of ideas for, let's say, you know, typical, right? Several cutting boards, right, that I want to mm -hmm. do. Um, but I want to show my customers those designs 
in a realistic fashion without making 30 different designs of cutting boards that are just sitting on my shelf, buying the 30, you know, make all the different wood process. I'd rather be able to offer those designs in a realistic enough way. And I'm thinking more than, you know, that, that white blank canvas with the different designs as option one, two, three, choose your design. And like, you become like, you know, one of those things at like the, the seaside pier or something where you choose a shirt design and you don't really know what it looks like. So I've been playing along with like a lot with Adobe Illustrator and like trying to take designs and mimic the burn marks in the design on top of a cutting board while not wasting more time than it would take to actually make the darn thing mm -hmm. um, so that I could just show several different products because my goal with everything I buy is if I buy a piece of machine, I want to be able to sell enough to make the cost of it while also doing all the fun, cool, more creative stuff on the side for my YouTube videos. And, and that, that, that's going to come along the line. So I guess my question after all of that is how do you guys do go about that? Is everything you guys do with your products, um, something you have made and you just take a picture like you, Luke, you're going to have all these different shirt designs. Winston, you're mm -hmm. selling these, your, 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 your space capsules, um, somehow right through through instagram i'm guessing you didn't put it on a website yet or anything like that um no but like how do you guys go about it what is your process you know um well i don't know if luke's ready to jump in but for me um i can sort of get by on the fact that what i'm selling isn't necessarily um the physical end item it's sort of like i don't want to say it's art but people appreciate the process that goes into it so for the the product photos I take for the the um, crew dragon model, it's probably going to be um, from inside the shop, um, either on the machine, being machine, uh, just finished, that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, because I think the the small handful of people who will go there um, are going to be the people who either a appreciate the machining of it. Um, or B, they just, they somehow found it through like the SpaceX hashtag or something and, um, are interested or are SpaceX employees. Um, but for the most part, I'm sort of just catering to the audience I know I have. Mm -hmm. Um, it's tougher when you're trying to sell something to the general public, because if you go to Etsy, you kind of see what that formula is. How do you catch eyeballs? What should your thumbnail look exactly. like? Uh, how, like like you see cutting boards they're in, in like a, a picturesque kitchen like kind of um so in that sense you kind of have to um your hands are tied if you want to stand out in that marketplace unless your own name has some weight to it or um like if you can use a video as a marketing tool like you can show how it's made and get people to your link through that video um you kind of have to play the same game other people are playing um so I don't know. Uh, Luke, do you have any other thoughts on how he can uh, um, gain an advantage? So I think that's tough. Um, what you were talking about originally, George, um, with like when you're at the seaside pier and you have, hey, here's <laughs> the three different color shirts that we have. Here are 25,000 different designs that you can pick off of the wall um, and then we'll just heat press it on there for you. Um, if you didn't want to do something like that, because I've actually um, in my notes one thing I wanted to do was to have like a cutting board matrix or um, like the wall mounted beer opener, um, like a matrix for those where it's which color do you want, which shape do you want, um, which engraving do you want, like things like oh, wow. that. Um, and so people would then be able to say like, oh, I have three options here, five there, and I can make, you know, all these different um you know, wall-mounted beer openers or uh, beer caddies or cutting boards. Because with a cutting board, I remember um, what kept happening for me is I always saw, like, what they wanted engraved on there. I mm -hmm. thought it would look nice in one of the corners. So then you have as much space to use up, like, whether you are cutting or just displaying the information. But when I would show people that, they would be like, oh, I actually thought it would be better in the middle or on the left side. Yeah. And that's where I started realizing, like, I'm wasting my time now talking to each person and customizing it to exactly what they want. Whereas really, if they could just choose these few options, because I keep sending out the same questions to them, they could just choose them on a website. Um, and in my head, I see it as a matrix, probably because, you know, going through college, we we're 
taught to like, you know, put everything in tables and make things, you know, easier, efficient. Um, so yeah, I just see it as that, but I could understand, um, that you might not get the picture or you might be concerned of the customer thinking it's going to look a little different than what the final product is if you don't have a really good image of, hey, you chose these options, this is what it will look like. Yeah. Um, so I have only made, um, you know, or I've only sold things that have already been made. So I've had pictures of the actual product. Um, for the ones, say, like this desktop, they sent me a picture of, this is pretty close to what we want, um, but like, and they told me the little differences. So I'm still working off of an image that to them, the real life, um, you know, the representation that I will be giving them will be something that they're okay with. Like we're on the same page instead of it just, can you make me a desktop? Could you make me a cutting board? Gotcha. So I think it's a good idea, like what you're saying, if you could have 30 pictures of the cutting board done on Adobe Illustrator. Um, but I also think that you might be looking at it a little too critically and that you could just do a cutting board and then overlay like um, essentially black text font on okay, top of it. Yeah. And I think like that would still be close enough to what it would look like or maybe dark brown text so that yeah. it looks kind of engraved it might not get that smokiness of the burn but it will be pretty close so i think you could still do kind of what you're doing but don't go as far as you want it to where it looks exactly like when you're done gotcha. um, that would just be my take on it because customers they just like they don't see the detail that you see. I know. And that, that's, that's one all, thing I'm like, like learning every day. I'm like, okay, yeah. like they don't know that's there. Don't even, the, the, the number one lesson I've learned is don't explain people the problems that you have with your own piece mm -hmm. because you're the only one that sees it 99% yep. of the time, evidently. Yeah. You know, and it drives me nuts. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I really do think that is a engineer's mind like I, I do feel like that's like a certain type of person um it could be a woodworker machinist any of that but i feel like that's kind of the engineer's mind um but something that i was going to say was like the minimum viable product i think that's um a business concept where essentially you're making um, a prototype as good as it needs to be to be able to get the message across to your audience mm -hmm. so say for our t-shirts our minimum viable viable product wasn't to get a cricket use their vinyl um use a real heat press and everything to make the shirt we needed to get a black undershirt that we had maybe in our drawer um you know this piece of paper essentially from staples and our handheld iron mm -hmm. and that'll do the trick um it didn't have to be you know perfectly centered or any of that it got the message across with your cutting boards um i follow somebody cooper and claire um he's he like focuses almost solely on cutting boards he's doing a little bit of leather working now um, but they're always really unique cutting boards and he's shown more of his process that he has mdf templates of each cutting board and he has names for those cutting boards and so every oh, once in a while okay. he'll take a picture of the mdf template and say like hey i'm ready to make you know um 10 date night cutting boards any interest and so, again, it doesn't have the green or any engraving things that he might put on there, but it gives people like, oh, that's the shape cutting board I'll get. Cool. I want that. Like, they don't even care about the green, it seems like, when they follow him. So, again, it might just be you wanting to make this awesome thing that people would like, but you don't need to get it to that point yet. You just need version 1.0 to get gotcha. out there first. Yeah, because, so, I mean, I guess I have a couple of thoughts. I mean, like... So most of my products I try to sell through Etsy because of the customer base they already have, but I'm not the type of person that I also don't want to become, you know, more of a simple custom shop of, okay, well, here's this flask and here's the letters you want on top of it. Right. So, but one of the number ones to sell ways to sell on Etsy is to have like several different listings for the same listing of yours with different pictures, because that makes it look like you have different items and also you don't know which picture is going to catch the person's eye and you know for my dartboard for example i have the same dartboard product i have a bunch of pictures so i have like 30 of those posts on my my shop so when anybody goes to etsy and types 
uh, cork dartboard. Out of the top hundred, I'm hoping my top my thirty are in that top hundred versus one, right? It just increases the probability that you're going to be found. So, um, from a cutting board standpoint, I don't want to do anything too common. Like the designs I'm trying to choose, I'm I'm trying to find that nobody else has. But like you're saying, I want, I don't want to make thirty of these unique designs that I'm going to have. Or maybe I should. I don't know. And, and like put them all out there so that like you see what it actually looks like um, versus just like this black and white image on it that might not look as nice. I mean, it's really just me going back and forth in my head of like, how do I best sell? Because ever since I got the Glowforge and I did this with the Shapeoko too, and I did this with the Maslow, you know, Facebook is like amazing with the forums that they have on there. So I joined all the forums for Shapeoko, for Glowforge, for, for Maslow. And a lot of people on there actually talk about their top selling products. Um, and what I found with the, you know, the majority of the responses for the Glowforge is you have to have a huge variety of products because you can make things so fast with it without having, you know, you don't have to babysit it like you kind of really do with, you know, seeing milling machines, you've got to babysit a little bit more because the parts might move. The lasers, you want to babysit in case of a fire, but if you know you've, done the laser settings once for one material you're probably okay mm -hmm. so i'm trying to to take that without going too too far down the road of i'm um, just some generic seller at some point so i guess I, I gotta figure out a little bit um on my own end of like what i how i want to go about doing that to, to make the money because because you know I, i've had the glowforge for a week i've already got like 10 different customers of different unique things that people reach out to me for that I'm using Park Glowforge for, for some shape poco, some handwork, but it's, I'm trying to open my door open, uh, open my door more to, to those type of customers. And I think, I think part of it's also like you're saying, Winston of, you know, when people know your work and start following you, they just reach out to you. Like I've got one um, customer now who used to be a resident of mine from college and uh their friend's father for father's day they wanted to get him um this uh box for his aa chips i guess he's been sober for like 10 years they wanted to go for se several years i'm like dude whatever the price is let me know i want to make that for you because that is that to me means a lot like it's it's it, it means a lot to it's gonna mean a lot to their father and to me making it by hand it's it's something i wanted to make so i let him name whatever the price was and he actually it gave me a good price for it um and I'm going to get to use the Glowforge to, and I'm going to be able to use the Glowforge to knock this thing out really fast because he came out to me with only a week left before Father's Day. Yeah. Um, so, so I guess that that's, that's, that's another thing, right? You, you got the, the following from Instagram that kind of helps increase those sales. But one thing I've always struggled with, and I always tell you guys is, is my, my photography. Like I never, I, I remember two years ago, Winston had to show me on Instagram that you could do these custom settings on the pictures which like I guess everybody probably knew for at least two years at that point. And I'm like, wow, that changes everything, you know. <laughs> so it's something where I'm like watching like YouTube uh, uh, YouTube videos and other videos, and and um, I think there's a difference between you know pictures you I think there is at least pictures you'd normally take for Instagram and how you'd want to do product photography. So you show the differences in your different designs and different angles that people want to know when they're shopping for something. Um, so I'm really just trying to figure that and maybe it's something over time we'll see how it works out as they try different styles and i'll try just a black ink straight on it and see how that works too and see how that comes at the end of the day yeah like maybe that's a um easy thing to do as like your first step but another thing as you were talking um it made me think of what winston had done with his um the dragon crew uh capsule right like Mm -hmm. you gave it to friends that was kind of your first thing that you're like hey maybe i could trade this with somebody so say george um with like summer coming up there might be barbecues like say with the fourth of july you might have people over so you could make a couple of these serving boards maybe call them serving boards or charcuterie boards or cutting boards right because those are like the three interchangeable yeah, words yeah. with it and um you make a couple of the ones that you're kind of maybe most passionate about and um engrave whatever would be meaningful to you so then you have these first few um to use um or keep them generic so then you could also sell them to people but anyway just hear me out you have these few and you're showing them off at a barbecue mm -hmm. and now you have a couple of them made that you could practice taking pictures with um but at that place this barbecue whether it's at your house or your friends you ask people like 
if you were to buy this, like, what would you need to see? Do you just need to see it with food on there? Do you want to see it empty? Do you like having, like, the picturesque kitchen background? Or do you like having, like, a, um, a plain white background? Um, I know this guy, Cooper and Claire, um, on Instagram, he likes to do them, like, where he holds it up to the sky and takes a picture of it. Um, nice. And, like, so, like, that seems to be kind of, like, one of his go-to images. Um, he also has, like, a spot in his backyard where there's, like, nice greenery. Oh, nice. Um, so, like, he clearly found what he likes. And um, that's what, like, I struggle with as well is I don't really know, like, what is my, um, what's that called? Uh, not niche but whatever there's a word for it, like where like my expression of my product photography i don't really have that so um i can't really answer it for you george besides like mm -hmm. maybe ask people if you're looking to sell the most of those then market research see like what people would like um because yeah once you get that then you could try it on etsy a little bit and see how it works and um go from there but yeah, the, the easiest thing I think is just throw text on top of a board. Um, and, and just like see if that, that works. Yeah. yeah, that seems good enough in my mind. I know I've done hand sketches of boards before for people. Like I just got a pencil. I was like, oh, you want it to look like this shape? They said yes. And I was like, and then I circled. Then, you know, the letter will be here or the recipe will be there. And like they said yes. And that, and that was worked sufficient. that well for you? Okay, yeah. that's good to know. Um, so that's why I feel like um, if I took that step to make a matrix of like, these are different shapes that I think are um, easy to make. I don't waste a lot of wood. They're practical, you know, whatever I want to make my cutting boards. Um, then like you pick that, you tell me, I'll be very custom um, with whatever you want to engrave on there. I don't care about that. Um, you just then tell me the location. Cool. And, you know, I feel like that would be pretty easy for people. I kind of also picture it like, you know, when you go to the doctor's office and um, you might have like, I don't know, fallen off your bike and they're like, where's the pain? And you have to circle on the body, you know, where it's happening. It's kind of like, here's the cutting board. Where do you want your engraving? Um, so oh, I, yeah. I like that idea too. Mm -hmm. um, so, so, so when you were talking, you kind of maybe think of one more question that I was curious about um, with you, Winston. How did you price? your your shot like how do you go about pricing those things out because that's something you know with every new product it's like all right well you know we all know how much we could actually make this stuff for with wood but you know there's time um the first time always takes longer than the next like you're saying with all yours but but then you got machines so you're letting your machine work for an hour when you can go do other stuff so but machines you know that that's not the way to think about it because it's not an hour less of your time it's an investment you use and it makes the quality that much higher. Like nobody can really make those, those uh, dragons you're making, especially because the five axis portion of it. So, so how do you go about actually thinking about the pricing model for it? That is an interesting question. <laughs> and one I don't have a good answer to, because if I were to price these based on how many hours I put into this project, it would be extremely cost prohibitive. Mm -hmm. Um, so it takes about three hours and change to machine one of these capsules. Oh, wow. And so when I'm pricing my machine time, it's usually a, a fraction of my hourly gotcha. rate, depending on how, how much I need to babysit the machine. Mm -hmm. If it's like something I need to like cut out, then engrave, then change to a different tool, then 3D contour. If there's a lot of like back and forth, I have to go to the machine every 10 minutes and like change a tool or something. Or if it's like a laser and I have to stay in the same room and keep an eye on it, um, then that it's going to be a larger fraction of my hourly time. For these uh, Crew Dragon capsules, it was um, three tool changes, and it was like an hour between each of them. And I trusted the machine pretty well, and I knew like the machine can only hurt itself so much if something goes wrong. So I was out of the garage. I was in my room. I could hear it just faintly buzzing away in the background. But for the most part, I could work in Fusion, do something else. And so that was a very uh, a low-stress machining operation, and it just takes time. So for that, um, it would be uh, one half or a little less um, of my regular hourly rate for machine time. Gotcha. Um, but if I were to factor in the time I spent designing the toolpads, iterating, improving, um, 
and I wanted to bake that into the price of these things, which I think it's probably going to be about a hundred bucks. Uh, maybe a little more or less, depending on what else I throw in. I'm thinking about doing a little custom case. Oh, nice. Um, if I factored in the R&D time and the small number that I'm making, and I divide that time into those those few that I'm selling, it'd be like a $200 piece, mm-hmm. um, which is not... You've just shot yourself in the foot at that point. The market will not bear an art piece that costs that much. I wouldn't jump to that, um, man. So... so uh... The dartboards, right? You know, I've always increased them by $50 every time I get too stressed and too many orders, right? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. literally at a price I never thought anybody in their right mind, and <laughs> please everybody keep buying my dartboards because you guys yeah. are great, <laughs> but that anybody would pay for it um, just because I, I didn't, I guess I didn't know the market. And I've literally gotten to the point where I know when I go to the next $50, I'll only get one or two orders a month. But at this $50 range that I'm right in right now, Way higher than I thought I would ever be able to, and it's about one to two a week, which is exactly what I want it to be, where I can work on other stuff, and it's not overwhelming, and it makes enough side cash. So I'm very thankful for that. So I wouldn't jump to that because so so, what you're doing is art. The Iron Man things that you know we we made the wood one, and I'm doing the epoxy ones now. I would consider that very much um, art or higher end geek type of stuff that you can't get anywhere else, and. I want to make it for enough people because it's it, it's something that is unique enough and has my touch and you have yours with your touch on it and everything like that. And I think that should be worth something more. And I'd like to I'd love to know how much how much interest you'll get from that. You know, if if, if these if these are selling like hotcakes right now at a hundred dollars, maybe keep trying to push it up and see where you know what what is that where's that no come in at you know, and then you can go back. Down. That's only if you want to play around with it, but. But I'm planning yeah. to do that with the Iron Man's at least, because because I think they that they're worth that, and the people I want to to get them are like collectible, like whoever like likes collectibles with geek type of stuff. People who are buying those are the same type of people, collectibles, right? It's like something where they like to invest in it because it, it's they realize the detail of it, and they are such, you know, they're such nerds about space stuff and everything like that. Like they they need to have that that piece that they can't get anywhere else. Like you said, it's art. So I, I would expect that. I would expect it should be more. I was surprised when you said 100 personally, but um, may, maybe maybe I'm off my rocker with that. I'm still trying to figure it out with myself. But. No, to be honest, yeah, when you said 100, I was like, oh, all right, that's not too bad. Oh, yeah, I can um, get one myself. Yeah. That sounds pretty great. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I don't even that's... like space as much as you or other people, but you know. <laughs> yeah. But um, so that, yeah. that price is a little bit of an average because uh, I'm going to be doing a small discount for anyone who does work at spacex Mm -hmm. so um i asked someone who actually worked there what he would think these would cost and he would say anywhere from 100 to 125 Mm -hmm. um if i do that case um like a little wooden uh, magnetic case for it uh that would definitely drive up the price Mm -hmm. um it sort of just increase the value of like the package you're getting um and there's a couple other things i was considering doing to sort of just make it even more complex um but i don't know at the end of the day i've got a fixed number of these Uh, maybe i should price them high just because supply is low and demand is unknown Mm -hmm. um but use wobi design as an example man right wobi does um all the 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 skateboard things and he makes what like 10 of whatever it is what for and that's the only ones that are gonna be on the market and you know it and like I've actually jumped mm-hmm. on the site real quick because I was like, wow, that's really cool. I would love to have it and sold out already because you can only, there's only be 10 of those. You know it. It's him. He's got the following. You've got the following. It could it could be, it's an interesting market play, I think, that um, mm-hmm. I'd love to see how it turns out for you. So, so definitely keep us updated yeah. now. The other unknown is that um, I've got a friend who has a faster CNC and I was thinking like, maybe he could produce more in the future so i don't know like i can't go purely on exclusivity because there might be a couple more in the future um so i just i don't know it's it's a weird thing to try and price right now and the thing i keep coming back to is um how much do people appreciate the thing itself how much of it is because i have my name attached to it and uh i think the the person who's sort of an example for everyone of how much your name can sell is uh, Jimmy Duresta mm-hmm. and his like ice yeah. <laughs> uh, it I want one so bad I haven't even bought it sharp pointy thing <laughs> but it's 
it's sort of like a, it's sort of like the maker knife. It's just a thing that has high visibility in the community. Everyone knows what it is. It's got a little bit of appeal because of that. Even though, how often do you go around your day and you need to stab sh- something with a little sharp pointy All metal the time. stick? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point, man. Definitely a good point. Uh, I don't know. Keep us updated. Let, let us know how that ends up turning out for you because I'd love to see how those sell. Honestly, if I were you personally, you said you're going to make another batch later. I would use a different type of metal. That way, these are the only time they're used with whatever metal you're using now, and they're the only color they're going to be. And that's like, fan- you know, people do that with red all the time. First batch, red only. You're only going to get these red, like, tinted metal. And then from that, then on, it'll be different metals. And, and that's how people do that so that you do, you can claim this is the only batch you're going to get. Yeah. That. Don't you anodize stuff, like, fairly often? So, uh, not often. Okay, not often. Um, only when it's something i care about a lot that's gonna be uh, like the um, thing that's right behind the laptop i'm looking at right now my uh, monitor stand um those brackets that hold up my monitor are anodized um and that's just because like it's going to be on my desk i'm going to be using it a lot uh the crew dragons they're just going to be display pieces and also there's no good way to hold them for anodizing because you have to connect them to yeah, an electrode before you dunk them in the acid there's no like logical place there's no like hole there's no feature that you can clip onto because every part of it except for the bottom is going to be visible um yeah there's there's a lot of things i wish i could do and what you're saying about the limited edition ones i mean i could make future ones out of like that's brass exactly or something. what i was brass <laughs> um it looked pretty cool <laughs> like three times the material cost and uh probably twice the machining time um and the thing about brass is that it looks the best when you get that that shine on it or a patina um the raw machined finish of it isn't nearly as cool um i can get away with it on aluminum because silver be it dull or shiny aluminum looks like aluminum Mm -hmm. but brass you can really lean on that mirror finish if you want you can polish it up and make it look super I kind of want to make one now. There we go. There we go. Winston's next project. Oh, man. <laughs> well, we're coming uh, a little actually over that hour. But that, that's cool. This has been an awesome conversation. I think I think we're going to have a lot of great updates on everything we're talking about. Hopefully soon to see how everybody, everybody comes along. Yeah. Yeah, no. I really enjoyed this <laughs> yeah, chat. Yeah, guys. It's been as fun always. as always. So we'll catch up again in hopefully two weeks. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Catch you later. See you. Take care, guys.